Okay, before, before our, our, our teachers leave today, hold on teachers, I want you all to stop real quick. I want you to see what you're doing. Uh, so you guys know that when our kids go out, they're going through something called the Gospel Project, and we can teach a child the entire gospel in three years. And it's like, wow, well, three years, that kind of takes a little bit. But hold on. I want my Gonzalez kids to stand up in your chairs. Stand up in, in the seats. I want them to stand up in the seats. Mia, get yourself up there. All right, now hold on. They've been here for the last three years. Today is their last Sunday here because of, because of jobs, and they said because of the pastor, but I don't believe it. They're, they're moving. Uh, we've taught them the entire gospel before they left. Yeah? Ma'am? All right, now you can, you can sit down. Unless you want to preach, Mia, you can come up. No? Surprised. Okay. Thank you all, teachers. You can go. Uh, do not take lightly what you are doing today, and thank you, everyone who helps with our, our children. We finished our, our three-year uh, circuit last Sunday, and today we, it, it starts all over. It begins again. Uh, so, of course, a kid can jump in at any point, and at three years, it's three years. But uh, that's pretty neat. I'm proud of that. So, I say this all the time, no one expects you to be a Bible scholar in this place. No one expects you to have the Bible memorized. We don't expect you to have your life together. We expect that your life is a mess. And we have chosen here to address the mess. We are not here for the cleaned up version of you. We're here for the washed up version of you because that's the version that Jesus died for. And so if that's you, if that's ever been you, that's what we're doing here today. I want to just uh, revisit things that we visit all the time. I don't really have anything with me uh, on stage today as usual, uh, but, but I just, I just want to give you a reminder, or maybe you're new, this is the reason that we are here. I mean like in every way. There's a reason that you're here this morning. There's a reason that this church exists. And, and if you'll look to your left and right, by the way, that's the church, okay? This, this is the grand building. And we're so happy to have air conditioning. But uh, all those children that walked out, this family that is leaving us, the person to your left and right, that is the unstoppable church. It is not far-fetched in our world to say that this place could burn down, is it? And that does not stop the church to say, hey, we can't afford to meet here anymore. You've got a place. We'll meet there. The church is something completely different than a building. That's why this is the grand building. And our sign outside says the Woodbridge Church meets here. I want you to do me a favor, and I want you to tell your, your family on Sunday, we're going to the grand building and you can say to have church, but not we're going to the church. I want our generation of children to understand that the church is the people. We may come to a day where we don't get to assemble like this. That doesn't stop the church. The church began in a place where they couldn't assemble. That didn't stop the church. They exploded because there's something completely different going on. And we have something that they didn't have. We have God's word. 
Now back to what I said earlier. Nobody expects you to be uh, a, a professional. Nobody expects you to be a Bible scholar. In fact, we don't even know if you have a Bible. We have them here for free. It is our, it is our joy to give you a Bible. Right as you exit, uh, you'll see a whole stack of them. Take one. It's free. Please take it. We want you to do that. If you've never read it before, the, the Bible is, is like a, a compilation of 66 books. And the first 39 are the Old Testament. That's God creating the world, choosing his people, promising that a, a Messiah, a Savior would come. And then the, the last 27 books is that's when that Savior, that's when Jesus comes. So um, that is, that's the New Testament, that's the New Law, that's the New Covenant, and that's what we are under. All right. Is that going off and somebody can't hear it? Like, I, I'm, just, I'm not one to embarrass anybody, but I, do y'all know my ADD level? Do you, <laughs> whew, do you know me? Like, the fact that I haven't done a cannonball in this baptistry yet should surprise all of you. Okay, now, I, I want to bring you this, this, this vision of, of why we're here. But it's got to be from the Scripture. Because what you have to offer has to be from the Scripture. If I get up to you today and give you my opinion, what does that matter? We have a hurting world and they need the Scripture, not opinion. That's all we get anymore is opinion. If you have done anything in this world that was worth doing, somebody chimed in with their opinion. And now we have platforms where people can just weigh in and read everyone else's opinion about what you're doing all day long. We need the Word. Now, Okay, I'm going to throw away the notes for a minute today. The Lord gave me a scripture uh, some years ago. And, and this, is, this is what he gave me. I'm, I'm just going to read through all of these. So back there on the computer, let's just go through all of these. Um, it says, from now on then, by the way, this is a continuation of the passage that Dusty was reading uh, just moments earlier. From now on then, we do not know anyone from a worldly perspective, even if we have known Christ from a worldly perspective. Yet now we no longer know him in this way. Keep going. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and see, the new has come. Everything is from God, who has reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against him, and he has committed the message of reconciliation to us. Therefore, we as ambassadors for Christ, since God is making his appeal through us, we plead on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. He made the one who did not know sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Okay, we can go all the way back on the computer, all the way back to verse 16. I wanted you to, to, to get that passage. That is what the Lord uh, gave me many years ago uh, when he called me to plant a church. 
Uh, I did not know exactly where God wanted us to go. Uh, very miraculously, as my wife and I prayed, God, would, where would you have us uh, plant a church? He began to tell us to come to Ranger. And I am sad to report my own density to you because uh, nine times I said, no, that wasn't God. And, and it was miraculous. And people would, would pray over me and come up and prophesy that you're going to Ranger. And they called and I had a friend call and say, hey, if you want to start a, a church in Ranger, we have a building for you to begin in. And I said, nope. And then <laughs> uh, uh, my, my wife, many of you know, she had, uh, God, God gave her dreams that we were going to Ranger. And I said, no. And uh, a house became available for us to come to Ranger. And I said, why would we want a house there? We're not, you know, just we're not going, we're not going, we're not going. And God began to, uh, to just really show this. And finally, um, when the Holy Spirit, through the use of my wife, said, you are the most dense man in the world. We are supposed to go to Ranger. And I said, okay. And I went in and I told my, my pastor, my mentor, I said, we're going to Ranger. And he said, okay. Sounds good. Just then his wife walks through the door and he said, hey, Jared and Lane are going to plant a church in Ranger. She said, I know. He said, oh, you've already spoken to Lane. She said, no, I had a dream last night. So like 10, 11 times, God said miraculously, go plant a church in Ranger. And, and he began to show me and tell me that there were people that he loved and, and I got to meet them and I get it. And I, am, I, I have such joy uh, being in this place, and I'm glad that you're with me, but, but why? Just being here, just, just being a Christian, just having a building, just being in church is not enough. Why? Why did God want you here today? Why does God want me here today? What are we, what, what are we even doing? The passage that we're talking about today is, is it in a nutshell. Verse 16, from then on, we do not know anyone from a worldly perspective. Even if we have known Christ from a worldly perspective, yet now we no longer know him in this way. How many people do we only know from a worldly perspective? When we only know people from a worldly perspective, we do something that um, we know is not good and we cast judgment right? If I only know someone from a worldly perspective, then I only judge the actions of that person. But how differently would you treat people if you knew their story? And here's what I want to say. Isn't that what you want people to do for you? I could get up here and give you things that you could cast judgment on me for. I could tell you things that I've done wrong and yes, they're wrong. But you know what? I want you to understand. I want you to get the narrative. I want you to understand the story behind it. This is why I did what I did. Hoping that that will persuade you. Not that I didn't do something wrong, but make you understand why. And so when we know someone from a spiritual perspective like we hope that others will know us from, then we sort of don't have the luxury of casting judgment, do we? We begin to understand. That's all anybody wants. I want to be understood. 
You're doing it. I want to tell you in advance that you're doing it. I'm proud of you. You are growing this body. You are growing this place. I know, I know that you are, and I know that uh, much of this you're, you're already doing. And, and, and the question is, and we'll tie this in, why? Why is this growing? Why are there people in here in this place today who can say, and I'm, don't worry, I'm not going to embarrass anybody, it, except for the person with the alarm, and I still feel bad about that. Uh, I, I won't embarrass anyone else today, and, and truly, you have my apology. Maybe you are in here, and you haven't been in church ever. You haven't been in church in a long time. Why? We're so happy that you're here. But why? Why today? What is going on? And why did I finally come when I wouldn't come before? Maybe you're, you're one of the many who are here. You know, you, you know what? I've been coming for about a year now, but I really wasn't involved in church. I really wasn't into this thing before. And why? Well, let me tell you what it's not. And this is not false humility. It's not me. As we do Bible studies, we do life groups here, we do, there's college ministry, there's youth ministry, and all of those things grow when I leave them. <laughs> I said, Seth, good luck with this college gig, and poof, it begins to grow. Sorry, I don't have time. I, gotta, I, I told Chris and Raheem, I was like, man, I don't have time to be here every Monday for, for youth, and then I show up a couple weeks later, and I'm like, where'd y'all get all these kids? It's not me. Well, of course it's not you, it's Jesus. Yes, it's the Holy Spirit, absolutely. But I've been part of churches who were not growing, and those people had the Holy Spirit too. Now, don't, hold on before you throw rocks at me. I'm not saying that it's not the Lord. Absolutely, it's the Lord. It's the Lord through you. But why is this happening through you? And it doesn't seem to be happening some, sometimes some places. Like, I've, I've been part of this before. I've been a Christian before, and this didn't happen before. Why? Why is it happening now? Valid question? Because you understand this passage. because you're on mission because you are on a mission marching forward with what God has called you to do and you've created a culture and I hope that you understand that if you are in this place today it is okay not to be perfect we still preach out of the word. We still call sin, sin. We still say, hey, there are things that you can do and God will not hear from you. He will not hear your prayer. If you don't accept Jesus, we do not believe that you're going to heaven. But it is absolutely okay not to be perfect. And whoever invited you to this place, for most of you, it was not me, understood that. And whoever invited you to this place, and for most of you, it was not me, has lived that has been through that. And we are here for one objective, to see what God has for us. Because what you have in your past, it does not matter. What you have been stuck in, it does not matter. Because what sin separates us from God? Well, from a perfect God, any sin. I didn't say all sins are the same. They are punished differently. But all sin will separate you from God. And so we are in the same boat, a sinking boat, <laughs> 
We are in the same boat. It does not matter who you are. We don't expect you to show up here on a yacht. That's not what God called us to do. He called us to a community, and He said, from now on then, we do not know anyone from a worldly perspective. And we look at people through an eternal perspective. How different would you look, not only if you knew someone's story, but how differently would you look at someone if you knew God's plan for them? How much different would you see someone if you knew God's plan for that person? Wouldn't really matter, would it? If God could, could show you, I'm going to do something great through this person, and you showed up, and they've got a needle in their arm. Man, this is not a great start, but I can't wait to show you what God has for you. What if you knew not only just what we know carnally, fleshly about somebody, but God's intention for someone? You haven't passed a person this week that can fog a mirror that God didn't have a plan for. You got that part? You haven't passed a person that God didn't have a plan for. Now, we don't all respond to that plan, but how differently do I look? What I know that God has a plan for this person. Also, if you are here, you know that we have chosen. We have chosen. We're fishers of men. Pulling them out. Pulling them out of where? Out of the deep. I want you, and, and maybe this eases your mind about your own life. Rescue happens in the deep. Rescue happens in the deep. Everybody has this picture of, of, uh, of a lifeguard, and they're on the beach, and somebody, some, somebody's out in the sand, and you have to go. All they got to do is put their feet down and stand up. Real rescue, real drowning people, that happens in the deep. That happens in deep water. So if you're in deep water, guess who God is calling out? You. And if you feel God's calling on your life, you feel like I've been called to rescue people. I've been called to, to take people who are far from God and bring them to God. You've been called to rescue people. That happens in deep water. Have you ever tried to rescue someone in deep water before? It's so fun because you just show up and they're like, whoo, I was about to run out of breath. Thank you. My hero. Right? What do people in deep water drowning try to do when you rescue them? They try to drown you. Right? Minus one. Okay, y'all, we've got a lot of people watching online today. I have a friend. He's from Kenya. Didn't know how to swim. I was going to teach him how to swim. He jumped in deep into my pool. I thought he was ready. Dan, I'm sorry to tell this story on you. Okay? I've never seen anything like it in my life. He sank to the bottom, and he held his hand up for me. Just <laughs> the most calm thing I've ever seen in my life. Minus that guy. People try to drown you. That was the, that was the easiest rescue I've ever done in my life. It was awesome. I mean, just quit trying it all and just. I was like, he's down there worshiping. I waited for a minute. The bubble stopped and minus that guy. 
Is that not how you were when you rescued? Did you not go kicking and screaming? Did you not fight against God? Did you not try to fight the very person who rescued you? Do you not have a friend in your corner who's going, I'm the only one that sees this. I'm doing this for your good. And that's the person that we fight against. Rescue happens in the deep. So we're not here for a cleaned up version of somebody sunbathing on the beach. This is not a museum for perfect people. If it is, I'm out. That's not what I'm called to do. We have chosen to do messy ministry. Listen, we have chosen to do messy ministry. You come to my office all the time. And say, I'm sorry, Pastor, I'm sorry for giving you this. That's why we were here. Stop apologizing for that. We have chosen to do messy ministry because when we were saved, it was messy. And I haven't seen anyone yet who didn't have a messy beginning to a new life. If it wasn't messy, what are you getting saved from? I'm not going out to deep water rescuing people off of their perfectly functioning yacht. I'm looking for dudes whose ship is going down. We've all been there. So in this place, that's what we have chosen. That's what we have chosen to do, and you have carried out that mission. And you've heard me, I think I've been confusing when I've said this in, past, in the past, uh, we are not looking for church people. And I don't mean that like we're not welcoming, hey, if you're a believer, we don't like you. No, no, we love you. You're a brother and sister in Christ. Our goal is to fish for men and bring them on board because we have something floating. We have a rescue vessel, which is the Word of God. I mean, we have a, a strong foundation to be on, and we want to bring people onto that. We don't want to bring people off of another perfectly functioning vessel onto ours. You know what I'm saying? Still in church members? That's not what we're here for. Now, you're, if, if, if you're a Christian, you're a brother and sister, welcome. We hope that you feel welcome. But we are fishing. We are looking for souls who are just like us, who understand what it's like to be there. Verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and see, the new has come. And when you are a new creation, I think that there is a, there's a projection of what we think it would look like to be a new creation, and we assume that people would be a new creation and look down on others. But if you are a new creation, you know that that is not what it looks like. 
If I am a new creation, then I know that based on no power and no authority of my own, I was rescued out of something that I could not escape. And as soon as I found a firm, firm, firm foundation, I want to, because of the love that has been placed in my heart, because of the gratitude for what has been given to me, I want to turn around and help rescue others. Not out of a, a view of piety. My gosh, there is no room for that in the Christian walk. Going, hey, you, just like me, come on. I was there. I nearly drowned. I should be dead. And that's what it looks like to be a new creation. Is thank God that I am alive. Spiritually. I should not be. It was on no authority of my own, no power of my own. I don't look down on anyone. I say, come, because I've found something that can save you. And if you are a Christian, you have that burden. This is, this is 1 John. If you wonder in this place today, am I a Christian? Am I going to heaven? It's only five chapters long. I want you to go home and read 1 John. I don't see anybody jotting this note down. I want you to read that. And when you read that, God will give you a lot of things. He will tell you that you need to go from darkness into light. And he will tell you that you have love. And if you do not have love, that you do not have Jesus. If you do not have a desire to save people, then are you a new creation? You got to take that up with Jesus. But when we have been saved, understanding our own depravity, understanding that there's nothing in and of ourselves, but it was God who saved us, then you will want to save others. Let it drive you. Be addicted to life change. Verse 18, everything is from God who has reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. This is it. This is the verse. This is what God gave me. This is my church planting verse. Some of you in here are hearing this, and you're saying, that's it. That's what I want to do. Good. I want to help train you. I want you to go plant a church, because God will do it. You'll just get to be used. But this is it. Everything, now take this into context. We, just, we were just talking about being a new creation, right? Uh, said, said the oldest passed away, the new has come. So everything is from God. He's talking about this new that has come to you. What's it from? It's from God. Everything is from God. Who has reconciled us to himself through Christ. What does it mean for God to reconcile us to himself through Christ? If I went to um, uh, Poland, been to Poland quite a few times, and when we get to Poland, we've got to take our USD, US dollars, and change them into zloty, okay? And so it used to be, don't even get me started, <laughs> it, it used to be about uh, $1 was six zloty, and so there was, a, there was an exchange rate. But before we could go into a store and purchase things, we needed to have uh, the right currency. We needed our money to be reconciled into the right currency. So the most common use of this word uh, in the day that it was written would have been in currency exchange, reconciliation. I would have needed my U.S. dollars exchanged into zloty so that I could have the correct currency to go in and purchase something, have an acceptable currency. And we have been separated from God because of sin. And so uh, God, God purchased us uh, purchased us, and he needs to exchange us into a heavenly currency that is acceptable. He takes sinfulness 
and exchanges it into righteousness because that is an acceptable heavenly currency. He has exchanged you, reconciled you to him, made you something that can go to heaven, bridged the gap between far from God and God on a wooden bridge, a man wood bridge, somebody name it. So he has taken us, exchanged us into something that is acceptable and usable and says, now I can use you. And not only does he do that, it says, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. And so my job is to come into Ranger and save everybody, right? No, my job is to be your cheerleader because you are going to go as a priest. You are going to go as someone who has been exchanged into the correct currency and you have the ministry of reconciliation that is your job that is your purpose that is what you do now are you something else yes you are you are someone who has been exchanged and has the ministry of reconciliation and you're something else you do not work for the co-op and you're a christian no 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 The co-op is your mission field. The oil field is your mission field. The school is your mission field. The college is your mission field. And so I'm leveraging these things because I've been exchanged. And now the people who are around me every day, I love them. Why? Because God loved me and he filled my heart with love. And so I look not out of, uh, not, not out of a, a place of, of being pious and looking down on others. I look at a, at a place of, of, of being in love with people going, I can't wait to see what God does with your life. And I reach out to them. And you're doing that. I could not be more proud. I am not the Savior. All I do is bring you what the Scripture says today. That's what a modern-day prophet is. We're going through something that was already written. I'm saying this is what God has for today. Look in 2 Corinthians at what he already wrote. This is how it's applicable to you today. That's all I'm doing. It's a Scripture that was already there. God will speak it to you. He will put it on your heart. He will burn you the way that he burned me with this passage. And I knew I had to go do it. I had to go plant a church. And we were going to plant a church that chooses to do messy ministry in the deep. We can go set up in, 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 in a larger city somewhere and we'll find a strip mall, something closed down, and we'll renovate it and, and we'll have uh, better lights and a fog machine and we'll have cooler worship than everybody else and the house will be packed and we'll raise our hands and worship and then nothing is wrong with that. But if you go to a strip mall right now and preferably on the interstate, I know rent's expensive, but it's going to pay for itself later. And, and so we put up a cool sign and people begin to show up. Who shows up? Christians. Who's looking for a church? Christians. Who wants cool worship music? Christians. Right? I mean, the songs that we're singing here. Like, what radio station is that on? It's one of those low numbers. I just dial past it. I don't even have the radio anymore. That was 88 point something. I don't know. Somebody was getting real judgy on there, and I changed it, and I've never gone back. The world is not looking for better Christian music. And the same, I, I will tell y'all, and this separates me from some of y'all in, in your mind, but I still love you. If you listen to screamo music, dude, we're, we're not the same. I can't, mm-mm, I can't do it. I can't do it. Tim the body over here is judging me. 
I can't. Y'all know my energy level and the dudes are screaming? I can't. In fact, Dusty and I have this major separation. We're going to work on something. First thing he does is play music. And I'm like, look, I can either listen to music or I can work. I cannot do both things. I cannot. If we're working together, turn the stupid radio off. I can't, I can't talk to you. There's something else. It's just, that's just me. So the greatest screamo band in the world could be playing tomorrow night at Ranger College. I'm, I'm washing my hair that night. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's what the world is saying. I don't care how cool your worship band is. I don't care how good your pastor can or cannot speak. And one time he shot ping pong balls at people. I don't care. They don't. So why are you here? Because you love them. That's it. The world is voting with their attendance whether or not they want to go to church. I don't care which church, how cool a church, what preferences they are, what denomination they are. I don't care. Why? I don't go. But I do care that someone can fill a void that I feel, that someone can tell me why I'm a little bit empty, that someone can explain to me my purpose in life, that somebody who has no reason to love me has chosen to love me more than my own family. That I care about. That's why you're winning, because God has filled your hearts with something that the world needs, and you are faithful to do it. You are so worried that you're going to try to witness to somebody, and they're going to ask you a question that you don't know the answer to, when the truth is that the only satisfactory answer is, why do you love me so much? That's what they care about. You are the priest. You are the one going out. Did you know statistically, and some of y'all are like, look, I haven't been going here long, and I'm still not sure about you, and that's okay. But did you know statistically, and some of y'all can nod at me or be like, Wah. within the first 45 seconds of pulling onto this property on a Sunday morning, you knew whether or not you were ever coming back. Did you know that? Statistically, in the first 45 seconds, somebody knows whether or not they're ever coming back. They haven't met me. They haven't heard the worship team. They haven't seen, they haven't seen Dusty. Their kids haven't been in a class yet. They were either loved or they weren't. That's you. Perfect? Absolutely not. We're not perfect. But you are loving. Verse 19, that is in Christ God was reconciling the world to himself, not, recount, not, uh, not counting their trespasses against them. Can I get an amen? Anybody glad that God didn't count your trespasses against you? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Because not only did I trespass, I built a house on somebody else's property. Like, we're just not even a tent. I was paying the electric bill on somebody else's property. That's my trespass, Right? And he's not counting your trespass uh, against you. That is, in Christ, God was uh, reconciling the world himself, not counting their trespass against them. And he has committed the message of reconciliation to us, to you. Seems like a flawed plan to me, but he gave that ministry to you. Verse 20 and 21. Therefore, we are ambassadors of Christ. Therefore, you are an ambassador of Christ. Let me ask you, let me ask you, if someone goes to a group of people to represent you, 
how often do they represent you? If you are going to, to, to go as our new U.S. ambassador to the Congo, how often do you represent the United States? From 9 to 5? Or is the news media going to cover your evening shenanigans as well? Yeah, so much more so, right? How often do we represent as an ambassador our Christ? Every second of your life, you're an ambassador and the world is watching you to see what Jesus is like. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ since God is making his appeal through us. We plead on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. He made the one who did not know sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Worship team, I want you to come up. God made him who had no sin. Jesus, who lived perfect, he had no sin. God made him to be sin so that we could be righteous. It's a raw deal for him. It's a great deal for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. Church, you are made righteous when you believe in Christ as your Savior. You are made righteous. You don't have to worry about not being good enough. You have been exchanged into a different currency that is acceptable to the Father. Will you sin again? Absolutely, you will sin again. Do you stay there? No, not if you're a believer. Why? The Holy Spirit is going to wreck you inside. You won't be able to. So, you've been exchanged into something else. You are an ambassador of God. He's given you a purpose. He's made you righteous. I know you don't feel like it. But he gave it to you whether you wanted it or not. And there's a mission that belongs to you. Now, we say this all the time. Don't have mission drift. Don't drift off in your mission. And church, the whole reason I say this is we're going to have uh, next, next Sunday is Palm Sunday, and then we, have, uh, then we have Easter, which, you know, does the world have the right dates for Easter? Well, that's to be debated. We're not going to do that. But there's a lot of things that we're going to talk about. We're going to go to the basics of the gospel, and I want you to be bringing people, and we want to give them the gospel and all these, all these things. But I needed to remind you of why we're here. I want, she's going to let me for this, my oldest daughter, J.D., come here. J.D., she is involved in a lot of things. She's a very talented young woman. I'm very proud of her for, for tons of stuff, the, in the, the, the books that she reads and uh, just how, uh, how, how kind she is. I'm, I'm proud of all of those things. But what if she doesn't go to heaven? So I get her into an Ivy League college and she's super successful and makes me a lot of money and I get to retire early. But what if she doesn't go to heaven? What in this world could I possibly care about 
more than her soul. But you know what happens? Softball season comes around. (laughs) And daddy gets one track mind. And every day, we're not talking scripture, we're hitting grounders. And we're not, we're not, listen, listen to this, listen to this passage that I read today. We're watching YouTube. This is how you pitch, this is how you do it. And I get distracted. And I put a game ahead of a soul. It happens to all of us. There's nothing wrong with softball. There's nothing wrong with basketball. There's nothing, there's, there's, there's nothing wrong with, with any of those hobbies, any of those things. Those are inanimate things. Those are, there, there's, there's nothing, nothing wrong with them. But I get mission drift because my mission is to make disciples of Jesus. And then all of a sudden, I'm trying to make pro athletes. And if you've seen my height and her mama's height, we're probably not going pro in anything. You might. You can sit down and think. But when my mission drifts, when my mission drifts, I begin to lose my soul as a father. Let me tell you, thank God, his mission for you has never drifted. Let me say that again. Thank God that his mission for you, his purpose for you, his intent for you has never drifted away. He did not call you and then just take it back and go, you know what, I've changed my mind. Jerry's pretty good at farming. Let's just let him do that. He has never lost view of your soul. Church, we cannot drift our mission into something else. And the world will try to get us to do it. We cannot drift. We are here for people who are far from God to bring them to God. Why? Because God brought me, who was far from him, back to him. He filled my heart with love. And out of love, I accomplish my mission. Where's Cassie? Is she in here? Cassie? Oh, right here. Okay. Here she comes. Uh, Cassie is pretty special uh, to us here. Many of you uh, who are here today are actually here because of Cassie. And uh, the the Lord has really been laying some stuff on her heart. And you can go ahead and step in this. The Lord's been laying some stuff on her heart, and she's like, you know what? I really, really love public attention and being in front of people. And so what I will do is just get everybody to stare at me for 10 minutes. Was that kind of your thought process? So so, uh, Cassie comes, and God has saved her, right? Now, did God rescue you off the beach on a lawn chair, or were you in the deep? She was in the deep. And so God has saved her. And, and she wants to show, just like, this, just like this ring shows everyone, hey, I am, I am attached to a, a person. Uh, this baptism is, is showing that you are attached, right? And so Cassie has made it number one in her life. And she has done a pretty good job about not letting her mission drift into something else. She is about souls. And I know that many of you are here uh, because she is about that. But uh, about this, you've been a believer for a while, right? Okay. Uh, but you decided you wanted to be baptized. Now, you, all, you were baptized as a child, right? Okay. You hear that? She was baptized as a child. But why now? Um, I'm proud of it and show 
yeah, yeah. This is a, this is a new faith. This, this, this is something different than when she was six or, <laughs> or she doesn't really remember it too much. Uh, this, is, this is something new. This is a very real relationship. And so she wants to, to, to do this as a symbol of follow me as I follow of Christ. And so we have two symbols. One is the cleansing of her, her sins. Just a symbol. Remember, God has already done that. He's made you righteous. Uh, your husband is like, really? But he has made you righteous. So it is a symbol of the cleansing but it's also a symbol of, and this is why I'm going to hold you for three seconds, so get ready. Y'all watch for her feet to come up. That's when you know. That's like the timer on baptism. You know they're done. You've held them long enough. Because they're leveraging trying to get up. Uh, this is death, burial, and resurrection in the same way that my Lord did. I follow his footsteps. So this is the symbol that's happening here. So Cassie. You, as, as your family is here, you have chosen to follow Jesus. You have believed in him as your uh, Lord and Savior. Is that right? Okay, church, you hear that. So upon that confession of faith, I baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Buried with him in death. Raised to walk in newness of life in Jesus Christ. Amen. Do not forget the reason that you are here. You cannot let your, let your mission drift. I know that life is throwing you all kinds of curveballs, and there's new, fun, and exciting things that are taking place of, of maybe the faith that was so important to you. And maybe there's new, urgent things that are taking place of the faith that was so important to you. But let me tell you that God will work those things out. All things work together for the good. I didn't say all things are good, okay? Right, Justice? House burning down wasn't good. All things work together for the good of those who love Him and called according to His purpose. God will work all of those things out. Do not let your mission drift. One last thing. Your fingers are already tired of playing. Called, I called Dusty's like, why do you call us up there like 30 minutes before? We had a community burn. And so we decided to give our tithe. And just in this house, two Sunday mornings ago, you guys raised $6,400 that we've been able to give to fire victims. I know that it was very appreciated. And we know that that was not coming out of your abundance. That was coming out of your love. Church, I'm so proud of you. That's why I remind you, don't. Don't let it drift. God is doing something amazing through you. Don't let it drift away. Lord, we love you. Please continue to be with us. Speak to us, God. I pray, Lord, that you will break away things that keep us uh, from, from feeling closer to you, God. I mean, there's just so many things that make us feel like we're unqualified and make us feel like we, we haven't been reconciled. But God, you've reconciled us. You've made us righteous. And I pray that we will walk in it, Father, and follow you all of our days. God, I pray for anyone in this place who, who wants to be reconciled, God, that they would do that. Lord, you are so good to us, and we praise you for that. Amen.
We've got a prayer team that will be up in the front. Uh, so during, during this, the, the worship team is going to do one more song while baskets come up. So that's where we do our tithing offering, and that's also where we want you to put in that connection card. But we have a prayer team who will be here uh, on the front. And so we encourage you um, to, to come and pray with them during service or after, okay? Uh, also, Rafael and Gina Gonzalez, go ahead and stand up. Rafael, Gina, thank you for serving in our church for all these years. We will... We will dearly miss you, and uh, so if you guys want to come up and just, just pray over them, I invite you to do that, even as we are worshiping, so stand and worship with us.